Welcome to Long Story Long. I'm your host, Lisa Curry. Today's guest is the hilarious and wonderful Joyelle Johnson. She has an album out called Yell Joy and also a new special out on Peacock called Love Joy. Um, she's wonderful. You're really going to love this conversation. Here you go. Hey, Joyelle. How are you? Hey, Lisa. <laughs> so good doing? to see you. I'm good. It's so good to be seen. I'm happy to be here. I love it. Um, I have to say, I, I'm, I'll just jump into it right away. I saw your special and I love it. And congratulations on the... Uh, I'm gonna ruin it. People's Choice nominee. <laughs> it's so funny. Everyone critics' um, choice. Everyone critics' says choice. Choice. And I, ironically, the people are cool, but the critics are a little cuntier. So yeah. I and they I loved feel it. Extra honor that the critics <laughs> yeah. um, liked me. So yeah. Um, that's so cool. Where did you grow up? I grew up in New Jersey. I'm a Jersey girl from oh. Union, New Jersey. I went to the same high school as Rayleigh Oda and Ari oh. Lang. Oh, okay. All right. Um, mm-hmm. Well, that sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, I think you're the coolest, though, from the high school. Just I'll on take record. it. You know. <laughs> uh, when you were growing up, did you know you wanted to be a comedian? No, I didn't know I had the guts for this. I didn't know. I was like, that's scary. Um, who wants yeah. to do that? I, I would just watch George Carlin because my mother had HBO. My mother was mm-hmm. one of the, like, the what do they call them? The, the first people to get something. She got HBO and she worked nights. So I would be home watching all the stuff I shouldn't have been watching. And George oh, I Carlin love it. was on the top of the list and I was obsessed, but I didn't think I was like, I'm scared to do that. That's scary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, and it is, to be fair. <laughs> Absolutely. You should be terrified to do coffee. <laughs> yeah. You should be terrified uh, if you're listening to the point that you never try it. Please leave right. us alone. Let us have the spots. <laughs> Please. There's no room. We're full up. <laughs> yeah. When you were a kid, what did you think you wanted to do for a living? I thought I wanted to be a doctor. Yeah. When did yeah. you, how long did that dream last? That dream lasted until freshman orientation for college, and they broke down all the classes you were going to have to take over (laughs) that time. And I was like, inorganic and organic chemistry were two separate courses. I was like, I don't want to know. I don't want to know about the inorganics and the organics. Yeah. (laughs) It's too much. Yeah. I was like, communication sounds more my. My that's vibe. so funny so that's what you went to school for yes i got my bachelor's degree in communications where'd you go to school boston college what was that like was it fun very very I mean, white I went... oh okay <laughs> <laughs> i mean i guess boston yeah absolutely boston is um very white they call black people call it up south um <laughs> You know, but I had a good time. Yeah. I had a really good time up there. Boston's a great college town, as we all know. That's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, what? So when you switched to communications, I mean, I'm assuming at that point you weren't like, it's going to be comedy. No. Like, were you just like, fuck it, I'll figure this out when I get there? I just, I wanted to be involved in the industry in some way, shape or form. So in my oh. pursuit of communications, I was like, you know what? Maybe I can be a production, like a producer, you know, go from yeah. production assistant and then figure out where I wanted to be in the industry because I always just knew I wanted to be involved in it. Yeah. Did that, was it something that just felt more reasonable, I guess, or? 
what being a communications major yeah or being in production because I, I i find that a lot of people kind of do a little bit of both at the beginning because it feels scary to just jump jump into stand-up it's like this is so unreasonable i can't Absolutely. do it yeah 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 stand-up's completely unreasonable and you know production was like oh this seems like a job that i will have fun doing you know it's not a basic nine to five where i'm just going to be sitting in an office I'll be able to be on set and be around all the stuff I want to be around. So it yeah. seemed more practical of a pursuit. Did you pursue that at all after college? Yeah, I did. I moved out to LA. I was PAing on all types of things. Oh, I, did I didn't know PA. you. Yeah, on reality <laughs> shows. Um, I worked. I worked for HBO Sports as an intern. I worked for the Ananda Lewis show. Do you remember? Oh, I do not. Yeah, she was an MTV VJ back when um, I was a kid oh, and wow. I worked for her show, um, rap videos. I, I worked for Flea Market Flip. That's oh my a TV God. Show. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. PAing is like the most thankless job in the industry. Not only thankless, but they will send you on errands and then call you every two minutes. Why aren't you back yet? Why aren't you back yet? I just left. That's why I'm not <laughs> Yeah, you're there. like, I'm in the stairwell heading down right now. <laughs> Hello, I'm like, you ordered this coffee, I'll be back, calm down. I love that, and I love when you leave, they're like, be careful, don't text and drive, and you're like, but you're blowing up my phone the whole time I'm gone, you and I can't not answer you. Me. You <laughs> won't stop texting me. Like, what, come back, and it'd be like, I was in LA, you sent me somewhere 30 minutes away, and you wondering why I'm not back yet, bitch traffic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like have you ever heard of this? Hello, you sent me you sent me somewhere at three o'clock on a Wednesday. I think I hit a little bit of traffic. Something gets fucked up and you're like suddenly on a sixteen hour shoot instead of a ten hour shoot or a twelve hour shoot. It's like Oh yeah. God damn. I've been there and I also love getting some overtime and there've been oh, a couple yeah. of times when I've gotten golden time. Oh, nice. Did you enjoy it? I mean I assume I hope to some degree, if you had to do so much of it. I love errands. Send me on an errand. I, lo- <laughs> I fucking hate them. Do I, I love errands. Why? Like, people would get so mad. They don't want to get the coffee. I'll go get the coffee. I'll go get the coffee. I'll get the snacks. I have set up a craft services table. I love an errand. <laughs> Is it because of the away time? Kinkos. Hell yeah, because I can <laughs> I could just walk on, be in my own thoughts. I, I love errands. I was the PA that loved to go on errands. That's excellent. You're like, I will be out of here. And I'm going to run some of my own errands also. Yeah, yeah. Because it was funny because like some things like uh, Ananda Lewis used to park her car illegally outside of the studio at Hell's Kitchen. And she would have mm-hmm. one of the, the PAs watch it. I want to do that. I would rather... Sure. Go get coffee. I'd rather go get her coffee. <laughs> That's funny. Um, uh, so w- at what point did you start stand-up? Or like, when did it occur to you that you wanted to jump in? Yeah, I was about, I moved to LA 2004. But I didn't start stand-up till about 2007. Because I was just going to like comedy shows. Maybe uh-huh. like once a month, me and my sister, we go to Chocolate Sundays at the Laugh Factory. Uh-huh. And then we were going like twice a month. And then I was going by myself every week. And that's when I when I said, I think I can do this. I'm just scared. So I tried it and I yeah. bombed my ass off. <laughs> I, I have to know, when you were like, I think I can do this, was it because you've, you had like immersed yourself in that environment so you felt more comfortable? Or was it like... 
I, th- I think in some cases people see people have like the inkling to do it. And then you see somebody that's so bad. You're like, well, fuck. <laughs> Absolutely. That, you see someone terrible. And you're like, I can at least do that. <laughs> All I knew is I needed the courage because mm-hmm. he's like, it, you know, I'd be talking to friends. I'm cracking everybody up when I'm talking yeah. to them, you know, and I wasn't a very outgoing child. I was the person, you know, who would make the side comments while things were happening. And you had to be sitting next to me to be like, yeah. Drill is hilarious. Like, I'm not going to be shouting and, and making the class laugh. But the two, three people sitting next to me will just be cracking up. And it's like, what are y'all laughing yeah. at? Oh, Joelle is just complaining. <laughs> yeah. I think that so. that's also a big misnomer where people think like, oh, if you're a comic, you were the class clown. It's like, no, we were watching everything. The class uh, clown is in jail for dealing meth right now. <laughs> That's where he's at. (laughs) Yes, I was definitely not the class clown. I was, I was like quite the opposite. I would be crying all the time. I was bullied. All that. Oh no, Joy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, baby. I was bullied. I hate those people. Fuck them. Yeah. Well, I just found out my bully died. Oh, <laughs> well, so weird. That is, I'm trying to figure out how to talk about that on stage. It's weird to find out your childhood bully died. I mean, yeah. that's closure, I guess. I guess. Something. <laughs> I guess. So strange. That's weird. It's a little too late. Too little, too late, right? Yes, basically. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> when you uh, did comedy for the first time, where did you go? I was in. Long Beach, California, um, in the hood hood. We're talking mm-hmm. like Snoop Dogg before, you know, all yeah. the millions hood. Um, there's this comedian named Scruncho who had a room down there. And Scruncho was in the movie How High. He was okay. uh, Mike Epps' assistant pimp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that room was very, it was, it was an all black room and... They were not having none of my nervousness. They were looking at me like, no, girl, this ain't it. Get off the stage. <laughs> you bombing ass bitch. <laughs> They're just like zero tolerance. They're like, you're well, not going to waste. What is this? Three minutes defense, of our life? <laughs> in their defense, I had zero material. Like I didn't, I didn't even know what I was doing. I just got up there and I panicked. And um, I started so interesting because I was like, Hey, everybody, I want to hear like a fake laugh, you know, and the audience get a fake laugh. And then I was like, all right, what's a real laugh? You know, and I was doing some like crowd worky type stuff. Yeah, sure. But then I was You're like, hosting and- the show. Yeah, yeah, basically, I'm hosting the show. And then I started to try to do a joke, and that's mm-hmm. when it all went to shit. And uh, the comedian I was there with, he was like, you had him in the beginning. And I was like, yeah, I just need to write material. So. So you didn't write anything before you went up? You're just like, it'll come to me. The material I wrote was I smoked a joint. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what gave me the confidence to get on stage. (laughs) I can't. One time I got, I took an edible before an open mic and it hit right as I was going up. And I was like, oh no, no. I, where am I? (laughs) And I just, I couldn't form sentences and I didn't know how much time, like this could have been four and a half hours. I have no idea. (laughs) Oh, remember when three minutes felt like four hours on stage? Dude, yeah. And now it's like, I don't even know how to do 10 anymore. Right. What are you talking about? Like, what am I going to close with? I don't know. And I don't be caring. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, so at what point in doing stand like did you after you did the open mic, did you stick with it or were you like, fuck this? <laughs> I said fuck this for a couple of months and then around so I say like my start date is January of two thousand and eight. Okay. That's when I started stand up comedy. Nice. I think we started roughly the same time. And did you, once you were in, did you just hit mics constantly? Were you like, fuck it, I'm doing this? All the mics, all the many, many mics. I just was going all around LA and hitting up all the mics and hanging out at shows because that's what LA taught me, networking. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, It's funny how much that that's yeah, I don't want to say it's more important than the work, but a lot of times it feels like it because people will be like, well, you got to hang out at the show before I book you at the show. And it's like, OK, well, wouldn't, wouldn't you rather me be working on my set somewhere? <laughs> Any so. new comedian asks me for advice, I tell them hanging out is just as important as getting up. Yeah, because I've, I've seen so many people who, you know, like we said, don't really do that well on stage. But next thing you know, they on tour with somebody. You're like, oh, yeah. they were hanging out. That's how they get Yeah, this there. happens all the time. Yeah. All the time. And it's just like, to a degree, I find it uh, really obnoxious. But then it's also like, well, of course, you're, you're like, if you're at the front of somebody's mind because you're there, obviously, they're going to think of you first before somebody else they haven't seen in six months. You know, it's a cheat code. And, and so many and I feel like that's the New York mentality is you just have to be you're like, you're never going to hang out at a show you're not on. But mm-hmm. hanging out, if you have that talent, that's a talent to hang out and become friends with people. You know, yeah. there's plenty of comedians who are joke horses, but are terrible people. You know, some <laughs> of the most famous. To anyone. Yeah, they can't talk Ooh, to anyone. Yep. Nobody wants to be around them. And so it's like people will hate on the Kardashians. All they are is a forward facing personality. So some people are just personalities. And you yeah. can get something about being a personality. Yeah, absolutely. Do you remember when you first started getting booked shows and like making money from stand up? Yeah, like 2016 when the world went to shit. And <laughs> <laughs> I was like, everything was going terrible in the world and I was crushing it. Yeah, that's a disorienting feeling. Were you like, it, I guess, I mean, I, was, I assume obviously you're still doing like PA work and day jobs at this point. Are you, or like up until then, at what point did it occur to you like, oh, this is going to be my career? This is it. So in 2016, I started working full-time for, at the time, Lady Parks Justice, a.k.a. Abortion Access Front. Mm -hmm. So when I got that job, I knew I booked it because of stand-up. So I counted that day job as um, the production manager. I Mm -hmm. counted that as getting that through stand-up. And so everything I got from that after that day job, and I quit, I didn't have to... um, I didn't have to work any more day jobs after that. That's like, so all awesome. my money and came I'm from sure, stand up. And I'm sure it was like a fucking blast working with Liz. Yeah. And just like, you know, being in that whole world. I've done a little bit of volunteer work with them and I I love it. It's yeah. It's so fun and it's fun to like do something that feels important. Yeah. But it's also you being funny. Yes, you get to be funny and you get to do important work. And that's why I love George Carlin so much because it was like, I can be funny and also say something, you mm-hmm. know, because he influenced my, you know, opinions on religion and politics. And and I was just like, oh, this is really cool that he has formed my mind as a child and yeah. he's just doing it through comedy. So I was like, I want to be able to say something with my comedy. That's so funny, too, because it is 
you know, like consuming media as a kid is is so formative. And Mm -hmm. it's so funny to think of him as like some kind of late night tutor for you where you're just like watching and you're like, okay, I'm learning how to form jokes. I'm getting the cadence. Also, I'm getting, you know, a little bit of school on social issues. (laughs) Yes. I was like, I don't want to go to church no more. I told my mother. (laughs) I don't want to go to Sunday school no more. Oh, my God. Wait, how did that go over? Oh, she was hilarious because she would just drop me off at Sunday school and pick me up. And I kept asking questions. Like, Mm -hmm. in my particular sect of Christianity, they were saying, you know, you go to hell if if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And my best friend in school was Jewish. So I was like, my my Jewish friend is going to hell, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Yes, your Jewish friend is going to hell." And I was like, "That don't make sense." And I be I kept asking questions, and they told my mother that I couldn't ask any more questions. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "We just don't. We simply don't have answers." Yeah, and then and then I was like, "Well, George Carlin says," and and I was like, "I don't want to go to school. No, I don't want to go to Sunday school anymore." And she was like, "All right, fine." <laughs> mother just was like fine she she, there wasn't no big argument or nothing that's amazing yeah my i i grew up catholic and my mom was like you must go to church and i'm like for what i what because i i felt similarly where it was like i asked a lot of questions and i was like this doesn't this doesn't check out doesn't gel (laughs) (laughs) no i don't know what we're doing here um was your family supportive of doing stand-up my mother was oddly supportive of me Um, She grew up in the projects of Brooklyn. So Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like if you grow up in an environment that is very hostile and toxic, if you're like, I would just, I wasn't on drugs. I wasn't a stripper. I wasn't a prostitute. So she was just like, all right, you want to pursue art? Sure. You going, you gonna have to work, you know? Yeah. And I always had jobs. I was waitressing. I was production assistant. I was substitute teaching. I always had jobs and she was just oddly supportive you know so many people say that their parents were not supportive but my mother mm-hmm. my mother That's was awesome. um yeah she was supportive do you think the hustle and the grind of all the day jobs helped you with stand-up like to later hustle through that oh sure yeah you learn everything and you know you just keep learning learning how to navigate and also learning what you don't want to do <laughs> i'm like this is stressful i want to i want to yeah. sleep till noon <laughs> I'm not an <laughs> early person. I want, I'm a night person. So yeah, all that stuff. That's awesome. Um, when So how did your, uh, how did the special come about? How, like, or like, I guess, when did you know that you were ready to film a special? And like, how did that all come together? When did I know I was ready? I... <laughs> I don't know that I'm ready today, right now, as we speak. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I so the, it was crazy how it happened. I booked the Tonight Show out of the pandemic. Like, I did Tonight Show May fifth of 2020. Wait, you know? how did okay? Re, l- let me back up. Then, how did that come about? Doing it in the middle because I remembered you had a spot, but I didn't remember the timeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they were doing the remote shows and uh-huh. um i think kenise mobley shout out to kenise she did a remote one i think in february of that year and so my badass manager tova silberman she's um, great i love tova that's my boo my, my momager um she reached out to the booker and just said hey um 
my my client Joel has an album coming out, so just wondering if you guys have any dates. And he was just like, send me a transcript. And I sent the transcript and he's like, we're just waiting on a date. We're going to book you. And so I was just sitting there kind of in limbo, wondering when my date was going to be, wondering if it was going to be in studio, at a studio, if there was going to be an audience, all that uh-huh. stuff. And they booked me for May 5th and I did it. I talked to Jimmy for maybe three minutes uh-huh. before the show started. Did my set next, did not speak to him at all after that. And next thing I know, um, my Tova was like, he wants to produce your special. <laughs> They're ready to do a special <laughs> for you with Peacock. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I didn't even, I talked to him for three minutes. Yeah. So that's how, that's how crazy it happened. Like right that after that. That is awesome. Yeah. And then we I started the whole in- production for it. Wait, so you didn't send in a tape at all to The Tonight Show, just a transcript? Just a transcript. That's uh, that's wild to me. Um, yes. Yes, that's... very. <laughs> very wild. Still wild to me. So, wait, when, uh, before you got this call that he wanted to produce your special, were you, like, kicking it around in your head, like, I think I'm going to, I want to do a special soon? Or was no. it just like, here's my... <laughs> No, I just released an album and the album was, so I had all of my sets on my computer from the Comedy Cellar. So whenever they tape everything at the Comedy Cellar. So whenever I would have like a killer set, I would ask for the tape, but I would never watch them because I can't watch myself, you know? Yeah. And so during the pandemic, when I was all depressed because I wasn't working and, you know, had no job and all that stuff. I was like, hey, maybe we could do an album of my sets from the Comedy Cellar. And Blonde Medicine loved the idea. So they put together the album. So that's, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I did an album. I did it. I did an album mm-hmm. in the pandemic, you know? As yeah. I wasn't even thinking about a special at all. That's so funny. And then they're just like, surprise. <laughs> Here's what we have. Get you. ready, bitch. <laughs> that, that was the scary part. It was scary. It was actually really scary. But yeah. Like, we want to do your special. I was like, how i haven't done an hour i hadn't done an hour in over a year at that point oh shit did you get to run it a bunch before you filmed yeah i went i went all over i was in ohio west virginia atlanta i i did a bunch of shows uh, and not even that many i mean i might have done 12 yeah you know which You're is just not like, a lot. i just gotta just gotta get the dust off it is hard when you haven't been doing an hour it's like for me during pandemic the first thing that i lost was my sense of time yes where i'm like i don't know what 10 minutes is i don't know what 25 minutes is because like when you're on stage you can feel it and you Mm -hmm. know i feel like if you've been doing stand-up for a decade you can you can guess within five minutes how long you've been on stage yes i can absolutely within five minutes yeah but then once you're getting into 45 minutes you start to feel you know like you're just kind of swimming in a murky <laughs> swamp. <laughs> it's like, what, what, how long? And I like having clocks. I, I live by a clock yes. on a stage. Yeah. I love a clock. I love it because then I can go off script more mm-hmm. and just fuck around. Because it's like, that's the thing when you're riffing, you're like, I don't know how long that was. I just made all of that up right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. timed out. <laughs> so you... so. How did it go with 
doing the special then? Did they have a lot of input on your material or did you send them a video or just a transcript for that? The, the hilarious part <laughs> once again. So for tonight show, you know, television clean, squeaky clean. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't, there's so many things that I couldn't say. And, you know, the, the lawyers had to look at the transcript, but they said for the special, no rules. You know, That's I can awesome. talk about anything I want, say anything I want. And yes, I did have to type it all out and the lawyers had to look through it, but they didn't have any notes. That's awesome. Well, yeah. I guess it would be more like they would have to look at it if you're like dragging someone publicly. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I remember one time, I forget what it was for. I think it was for Seth Meyers where they were like, your father, can can he be traced? Can his name be traced to you online? And I was like, I don't think so. So, you know, it's things like that, saying somebody's full name or, you know, things like that, that you can't do. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. Uh, wait, so were you not allowed to say your, talk about your father generally or just, or were they talking about like saying his name? Saying his name. They didn't want me to okay. say his name, but also he's, he's dead. So they were like, yeah. oh, <laughs> the lawyer's like, oh, the person's dead. You good. Like, like, I mean, if he does come for you at this point, that would be miraculous. Yeah. And you know what? And good for him. Yeah, good for him. Legal <laughs> posthumously. Yeah. Did you, for your special, did you get to choose the location and everything? Yeah, I got to choose the Bell House. And the Bell House happened to be available because I wanted to do it on my 40th birthday. So I shot it. Which I love. Yeah, I shot it on my birthday. And it, they just happened to be available. It was a Sunday. And they booked it. I got to choose that. So I was very happy about that. And choose the city because they were like, what city do you want to do it in? And I was like, New York. Yeah, that's 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 so fucking great. Um, but I just lost my train of thought. I was going to ask you something else. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. It just fell out of my head. Um, <laughs> uh, but that is... That's super fucking cool that you got to do that. Oh, I was going to say, it's like, it's a nice way to start the next, like, I guess, decade or phase of your life. That it's Mm -hmm. like this big, this huge success that you have. And it's like, just sets up a really good tone for everything else moving forward. Absolutely. I mean, I I feel like fully a grown up now, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like the pursuit of stand up is so messy. There's you know, no guarantees in anything. And there's so many people that we know who mm-hmm. just don't make any, you know, you don't make any money from it. And to finally be like, oh, I made money from this now. And I, it's yeah. in my career. It's amazing. Yeah. It's the best feeling it, in the world. And it like totally puts you on a map, on the map in a different way where it's like, you could be hustling and doing that same exact material mm-hmm. just as well. But there's something about like that validation of having it recorded and produced and put out that's like, you can't match that. You can't match it. Also having, you know, three late night sets under my belt. You know, these are the milestones that we as comedians look towards. And now I can be like, oh, I did that. So it's not as like a panicky feeling. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) I got this. You haven't accomplished anything. (laughs) Do you now feel like, okay, I got this. I'm on the right track. I'm I'm moving. I don't, I don't feel like, I feel like I'm on the right track. Scary? I wouldn't uh-huh. say I've got this. I feel like I've got this is a little too bold, but I do feel like I'm on the, the right track. Because you, you know, once you say you got this comedy, you'd be like, oh, do you now? 
Love yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> that first room you went to where you did yeah. the open mic, they're like, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure? Um. Oh, Jesus Christ. I keep losing my train of thought, Joyelle. Uh, I was going to ask you something. My brain is uh, powered down. Um, do, have you seen <laughs> from the special? Have you seen a lot of traction already? Uh, people keep asking me that. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, for me, Traction was mm -hmm. being nominated for the Critics' Choice Award. Yeah, fuck you know? yeah. How did that come about? Did you know you were submitted for it? Or no. did they just submit you and it was... <laughs> I did not know nothing. I just found out the day I'm like in my ki my mother's kitchen. We're cooking together uh -huh. and my phone's blowing up and I couldn't touch the phone because my hands were like greasy. And my manager like kept calling. I was like, what is going on? Hello? And she was like, oh my God, Joyelle, you, you got nominated for Critics' Choice Award. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> what does this mean? Because <laughs> I never would have thought I would yeah, a thousand years. You know, I was just like, yay, the check cleared. That's all I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I did like, it. On to this next thing. You know, what's, what's, you know, comedians, we can't, what's next? What's next? What are you doing next? Yeah. I did that special and, you know, it's done. I shot it, you know? So I was, so that for me is the traction. I, I mean, I feel like a lot of comedians I'm getting, you know, a lot of respect from my friends and colleagues and that feels yeah. good. And, you know, followers online, I still don't have that many followers, but I'm all right with that. Yeah. It's like things like that. The social boost you get from that is, mm -hmm. It's so good because it's like we do work with a lot of people we really respect. So to have that respect reciprocated, it's like there's nothing. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a different kind of award. Yeah. <laughs> you know? We also work with a lot of people we don't respect. And <laughs> it just feels And we so want to crush them. It, oh, it just feels so good to be like, don't talk to me. Don't look at me, bitch. My special was nominated for Critics' Choice Award. Get out my face. You know, I didn't have that confidence before. I have that confidence now, you know? I could walk is, into the comedy cellar yeah. and not feel like I don't belong there, yeah. you know? <laughs> that is an underrated, uh, you know, upside to success is Absolutely. where you're like, oh, I can cut some of these people out. Well, yes. I don't have to like mix and mingle with you. Like the hangouts, you're like, oh, there's like a whole pool of people I don't have to hang out with anymore. And it sounds oh. so mean. But there are wacko people that you're like, oh, you're toxic. Get away so from So toxic. Me. It's the majority. <laughs> the majority is toxic. And and to be able to like also be in a loving relationship at the same time, where it's like, I don't have to stay here and drink with y'all till 4 a.m. I could go home. Yeah. I go yeah. home at 1132 <laughs> and, and be happy, you know? Yeah. So it's weird to be happy while the world is literally on fire. It does uh, feel really weird. But I think like a lot of comics in our generation are right now is like where we're hitting a lot of milestones. And so mm -hmm. I, there's a lot of people that are just like, yeah, I got I'm headlining this festival or I'm whatever. And it's like, <laughs> of course, it's like when everyone is having the worst time and yeah. you're like, well, I mean, sorry, but it, it is my time now. <laughs> I'm sorry. And it's like, even even with things with like being in love right now, I, I posted uh, like the first picture I posted of him, we'd been together for like a year already. Mm. And the second I posted, another one of my friends did a tweet about, about Norma. She was like, normalize 
being in a relationship and not posting about it. No. And it, and it like, went viral. <laughs> and I knew it wasn't about me, but it, 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 she posted the tweet the next the moment after I posted. And I have, I've been single for 20 years, Lisa. So it's stuff yeah. like that where you're like, we can't do nothing. I can't. <laughs> I can't post my my little picture with my boo. It's also like, it's social media. That's the whole point for. of it, isn't it? That's what it's for. And, I, yeah. and so I'm definitely not the person, like, I do not post him. To, I think I've posted him like twice or maybe three times and bury him at, in like the 10th yeah. photo. Because <laughs> I'm so damn paranoid. Everybody's yeah, so mad and sad right now. And I'm like, Everyone's... I'm happy, but I can't tell anyone about it. <laughs> you could tell me. Everyone has to be mad about something, I think. Absolutely. And, and... And most of it is not anything that fucking matters. It's like, Nothing. get mad about uh, abortion rights being taken away. Get mad How about, about <laughs> voting rights being taken away. <laughs> so many, so many, other, so many things. other things. You worried about Dwayne Wade's daughter kissing her, her uh, boyfriend. Like, yeah, who gives a shit? <laughs> who cares? Uh? <laughs> <laughs> who has the time? No. Um, so I love, by the way, that you were with your mom when you got this nomination. Yes, yes, yes. Did she fucking lose it? Absolutely not. My mother, <laughs> and so I just found this out recently, and this is about to be very dark, but uh -huh. um, have you ever heard of post-traumatic slave syndrome? Uh, have not. Okay, so there is a theory that, you know, uh, African descendants of slaves mm -hmm. carry the, the trauma of slavery to this day. Sure. And it manifests itself in a lot of ways. And one of the ways is that our parents have trouble um, being very, very happy for us when things happen because they don't want us to be too excited about the world because they want to oh. keep us grounded and realistic and knowing that the world is always going to find some way to fucking mess with us. So it breaks my heart. When I told my mother about the Tonight Show, when I told my mother about my special, when I told my mother about the Critics' Choice Awards, it was like, oh, okay, that's nice. <laughs> oh, no. That's nice. And I've talked to other black, like Nori Davis. He was like, my uh -huh. dad still hasn't acknowledged the fact that I did the Tonight Show. And <laughs> he has this Tonight Show. Um, this corsical uh, bottle that we got. He was like, my bottle been sitting on the counter in the kitchen and he has not even acknowledged it. <laughs> and so I did this um, think tank for this nonprofit organization, this black therapist mm -hmm. was, she mentioned how she was like, oh yeah, a lot of uh, black parents have post-traumatic slave syndrome. So they're not able to be happy for their kids. And I was like, like my, my mind exploded because I happened to be sitting next to one of my cousins when I told my mother Jimmy Fallon wanted to produce mm -hmm. my special. And she's like, oh. And he was like, that's your reaction to that? And yeah. he's just like, you you get excited, you know? And I was just so happy that he was standing there because it was one of those uh -huh. things that I didn't realize because I was just used to her being very toned down yeah. with her reactions to things. And he was like, get excited. And she was like, oh, oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> but someone had to coach she her needs cues yeah yeah she, like, yeah it's action. like she's in the audience and they hold up the applause sign <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and i know my mom's proud of me but it, yeah it's like i don't even think she knows that like i just found this out last week i was like yo blew my mind post-traumatic slave syndrome is why yeah. my mom is not allowed to freak out about things but then i also i mean i asked jared freed about the tonight show and he was like 
Yeah, he asked his parents if they wanted to come, and they were like, "Do we have to?" <laughs> <laughs> what? And they and they were just like, "Yeah, we we have we'll stay here." And whatever they were doing was something that was like not the Tonight Show, and he was just like, "Yeah, they didn't they didn't care." So I don't. Yeah, know. they're like it's endless breadsticks at Olive Garden. Right? This yeah, but so I we'll mean, he's Jewish, so I'm sure that's post traumatic Holocaust yeah. syndrome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can't be happy for the kids. That's like. I mean, to to your mom's credit, and I know she's not, you know, immersed in entertainment, in the entertainment industry, but there are so many things where you're like, I booked this thing. And then like an hour before you're supposed to be there, they're like, nah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, you can't get too excited about things Mm -hmm. in this industry, which is why I think I'm just at a point to be like, oh, the things that I have in the can. The specials mm-hmm. in the can, the albums in the can, the late yeah. night sets are in the can. I did it. Mm-hmm. The checks cleared. I can mm-hmm. be happy about that. You yeah. know, if Absolutely. I if I die tomorrow, I did all of that. Yeah. Uh, do you find that when you have an opportunity, do you let yourself get really excited, or are you like more tempered? I stay tempered. I stay very tempered. But like at the Critics Choice Awards. I was like, this is exciting. I was excited to be there. I was goofy and yeah. I was able to bring, I brought my boyfriend and my cousin and my cousin is not in the industry and she's from Atlanta and she's an Aries. So she was just like, oh girl, let's go talk to Halle Berry. And I was like, let's talk to Halle Berry. Okay. And we just ran over in, on a yeah, commercial oh, break. Megan was telling me about that. Megan, shout out Megan Deneen, yes! uh, who worked on your special friend of mine, my roommate. She's actually in the next room on a call right now. Um, uh, but cold. she was like, she was telling me about your friend and she was like, it was so fun and so exciting. And then I saw, I think maybe you posted a picture with Serena Williams, yes, Serena. It, I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass out. <laughs> uh, we were, and we were, we had the best table uh-huh. um, section wise because we mm-hmm. were right by the stage door, so mm-hmm. everyone had to walk past us to either go present or go backstage and stuff. So we were just geeked and giggling yeah. the whole entire time. <laughs> yeah, Megan was sitting on the other side of my cousin, so she got to experience my cousin Joy, which is. A one of a kind experience because <laughs> Joy is just a character. So Megan was, <laughs> we that were having a good old time. Sounds like the best fucking time. It I mean, was. it's like, I don't Who won? I forgot who won. Was Bo it Burnham? Bo? I, was, I figured. Um, I'm yeah, like, everyone it was, was, it like, was yeah. Bo from that. Uh, but that's such a fucking exciting time to be nominated. And you could put, you could put that on things now. You're like, well, I'm a nominee. Get out of my nominee, fucking way. Nominee, boo. I will forever be a Critics' Choice nominee. And a nominee is kind of like how they say, you know, being an Academy Award nominee is, it's better to be the nominee sometimes because now people are like, well, she got something, so let's get her to win next time. You know? Yeah, they so want to push like, harder. Or offer me the stuff. You know? Yeah, you're like, give it to me. Yeah, right now. getting offers I, for things without having an interview—it's <laughs> crazy. And also to like be able to like to have the confidence now. I'm sure to, or perhaps you already had this before, but like to know like, oh, I was nominated for this, which which means my next projects I can go harder after awards because it seems more in reach. Like, oh, right. why, why wouldn't you get a fucking Grammy yeah. for your next album? Yeah, Hello? yeah. Hello, I'm like, let's let's do this. Egot, baby. I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind an EGOT in my life. And it, it could be an EGOT nomination wide. I'll be the EGOT nominee. Yeah. 
you know what? Which is already a thousand steps ahead of so many people. Yeah, you know, I'm separate the separation because a lot of specials came out last year and were not nominated. So I, I'm happy to be in such great company. Joe Firestone, shout out to Joe. Yeah, That's my buddy. That was such a great special too. Mm-hmm. It's so sweet. Um, I love it. So you were saying, I mean, as you know, all comics, you're you're always wondering about the next thing. What what are you hoping is next for you, or what are you working on? What am I working on? I <laughs> I am working on. So I just wrapped um, the second season. I wrote for Pause with Sam J on HBO. Awesome. So that's about to come out, and you know, working on my own stuff, doing a lot of self tape auditions. You know, trying to get these treatments done so that I can sell my show to a Fuck, production yeah. company and a movie, things like that. So, you know, all that ambiguous work, but just stand up. You know, I'm going to Moon Tower on Thursday. I'm doing Gramercy Theater tomorrow. Oh, I'm that's doing so Bell House next week. You know, so it's like just being able to do stand up for money. That's that's what I'm working yeah. on. Does working on a new set. That's what yeah. I'm working on. A new set. <laughs> Does it feel to you also like, uh, f- for me, even even though I've been, it's been my full living for a while now, I'm like, this is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. When people pay you or they send you an offer, it's like, what? Yes. I for still me? feel that way. I absolutely <laughs> feel that way. Especially like I can, I am very happy to, to not be dependent on my boyfriend. Like they were, you know, 10 years mm-hmm. ago, I wasn't making the money that I'm making now. And it's like, I'm, I would have been dependent on a situation. I would have been like, hmm, honey, I don't have the rent this month. You know, that type of thing where I just feel good yeah. to be able to be like, I got hat. Like, I'm I, I'm equal to you as far as income goes. And that's amazing. And mine is all from art. <laughs> I'm an art. Yeah. I, ma- I created it with my brain. Yeah. And... <laughs> Isn't that it's so wild, like after doing for for me, at least after doing like so much physical labor, like waiting tables, doing PA work, the fact that you can make a hundred times as much money just with thoughts you have is like, it feels like like fucking witchcraft. Like what? It's such a weird. And that's another reason why I feel like my mother might have trouble being my family period is because it's like what do you mean mm-hmm. what do you mean you're doing the tonight show for the second time this year because I, I feel like i still struggle with saying these sentences so of course my family i'm the i'm the only person in my family that's ever pursued art to this extent and to be successful at yeah. it finally after yeah almost 20 years of it is like oh Wow, you did that yeah. and you stayed dedicated to it because most people wouldn't stay dedicated the way we are. We have. Yeah. Yeah. Because the beginning of it is so fucking rough. Oh, 15 years of rough. Yeah. I, I A friend of mine told me a while back that and he's a, a, a working stand up and his cousin was like, I want to do that. I can do that. And he's like, OK. So he took him to an open mic. And then they left and he goes, okay, now do that every single night for 20 years for no pay. Nah. <laughs> His cousin you, was like, nah. No. You can't do what we do. Sorry, what? You cannot do what we do. Nor should you. I don't suggest it. No. If my child wanted to do it, I'd be like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> like, please don't. Please don't. It's too hard. But um, the payoff is fucking 
amazing. It's tremendous. And also to get to like hang out with, like if you, you grew up admiring George Carlin and to, to, you know, obviously he's gone, but to be able to have in your peer group other people you admire in that way. Yeah. It's like, this is fucking wild. Who am, who am I having dinner with? Who am I texting? Right. And also the exact opposite, once again, of how they say, don't meet your heroes. And then when you meet them and they're terrible people, but then mm-hmm. also now to be like, oh, I'm a comedian now. Like I'm on, I am on your level. I'm, I'm a colleague of yours, you know? Yeah. And uh, that's pretty cool as well. Yeah. And you're like, lucky you. Yeah. A hundred percent. I do. I have one more question for you. Uh, and I, I just love the thought of like, I'm, I'm always operating from a place of like, you know, this is, this is so exciting for me because I'm like, this is not anything I could have dreamed as a kid. Right. Um, but there's, this wouldn't have been top 4,000 things I would have imagined. <laughs> <laughs> like if your childhood self, like eight-year-old Joyelle, could meet you now, what do you think she would think of you? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> eight-year-old Joyelle? Eight-year-old Joyelle watched TV and movies and wanted to be on that screen. So I love it. I think, especially when it's like The Tonight Show, that's just a weird, you know, because it's historical. Eight-year-old Joyelle knew what The Tonight Show was. Yeah, Seth Meyers wasn't a show when I was eight. So it's like to be like, you're going to be on the Tonight Show. And I told Jay Leno that, which was funny. Um, I He was doing his like man on the street on Melrose. And I used to live off Melrose when I was in L.A. Uh-huh. And I just walked past him and I was like, Jay, I'm going to be on your show. And he was like, oh, what are you, a singer? And I was like, no, I'm not. And at that time, I wasn't even a comedian yet. But I said, I'm going to be on your show. I just didn't what? know he wasn't going to be the host at the time, but I was like, I'm going <laughs> to be on that show. I knew I was going to be on that show. Um, so eight-year-old, is... eight-year-old Joyelle would be like, what? This is crazy. That is incredible. What What made you say that to him? Were you just like, fuck it, it's going to happen and I don't even know how? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I just <laughs> knew. I, 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 just, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. <laughs> I love it. I love the thought of like the gumption of so many of us to just be like, yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like super cash. I, I want everyone listening. <laughs> be careful of your thoughts and your statements <laughs> and what you write down because everything like I've had a new bit where I'm talking about how I've written things down. I manifested everything I've written down. <laughs> You know, so it's like our thoughts create the statements. And once we write it down, it's like it is written is a real thing. Anything you want to do, write it down. Think about it. Work towards it. It's it sounds, you know, cliche, but it's so true. Yeah, it's I think I feel like it's the same principle as the is how important the hang is Mm -hmm. in comedy, where it's like if you're writing it down, it's always at the front of your Mm -hmm. mind. It's not like oh, I had this dream and then I got caught up in my life and I forgot about it. It's like, if you write it down every morning, you're thinking about it every morning, mm-hmm. which is helping your brain to make connections in your daily life to that thing. Absolutely. So it's like, you think to bring it up or you are in a conversation and you hear, and like somebody says something that is like, oh shit, wait, that's par- that can lead to my goal. Let's talk about that, yep. you know? And staying on the forefront of other people's brains as well when it's like, oh, we're doing a writer's room. 
what's Joyelle doing? Like that type of thing. Yeah. It's like that simple. It's that freaking simple. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I think also, good Lord, here goes my brain again. <laughs> I was like, okay, I got this thought. I got this thought. Um, but, oh, I, I always tell people, say, tell people what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Because like, not everyone cares. But uh, like a friend of mine on a podcast was saying that, her dream was to do voiceover for some for like a specific animated show and I heard that and I was like oh my friend is the EP of that show so I just connected them over email and I'm like I don't know if it's going to work out right but I'm like oh you said that that's your dream I can maybe facilitate that why why not yeah you know and I think that there's more people that are wanting to be helpful than that are not yeah I agree with that and I also think that a lot of people are scared to say their dreams because then you're like, oh, I said it. Now I need to start pursuing it because we all <laughs> yeah. know those people who are like, I'm a comedian. And you're like, I don't see you nowhere. I've never seen you at a show. I've never yeah. seen you anywhere. So what do you mean you're a comedian? I told yeah. Patrice O'Neill I was a comedian when I first started comedy. And he said, no, you're not. <laughs> he was like, I'm a comedian and we are not the same thing. And now 15 years later, I fully understand that sentiment of people coming up to me being like, oh, I'm a comedian. And I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah. You're- now you're cursing his ghost. You're like, look at me now. Right. Oh, he would be so proud of me. With his- He'd be roasting the hell out of me. But I, yeah. <laughs> I, feel like I love proud. it. I love it. I feel like you need that closure and also to run into Jay Leno and be like, I did it. I did. I know. And I haven't seen him since, but I will definitely remind him of that when I yeah. see him, when I open yeah. for him, because, you know, he's still doing stand up. So. Like, yeah, yeah. Hey, Jay. Flappers every Sunday. Come. <laughs> is he still at the Com- Comedy and Magic Club? Uh, that's closed temporarily, but he's at Flappers every Sunday. Oh, so, no, you know, next time you're in Magic LA, Club. pop on out. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do that. I'll just pop up on him. Be like, Jay, what up? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for being on. It was great talking to you. Oh, yay. Tell Megan I said what's up. Thank you for having me. I will. Me, uh... Yes, of course. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Once again, that was Joyelle Johnson. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram at Joyelle Nicole. And I am Lisa Curry. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Venmo, pretty much everywhere at Olympian Lisa Curry. And please do follow my Instagram for show updates. I'm all over the United States and Canada and the UK this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, As of the time this episode drops, I am in Mexico having the time of my life at my friend's wedding. But May 19th through the 28th, I am all over Victoria and Vancouver, Canada. I have 11 headlining shows for you to choose from. So if you're over there or you're near the border, pop on by. It's going to be a ton of fun. And as usual, if you're enjoying the show, please like, subscribe, leave a nice little comment um, and follow me on Instagram for more dates. See you next week. Bye.